is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Twilight Nine podcast. This is episode 62, and I'm your host, Riley. What a fantastic week in golf. Doesn't get much better than that. If this is your first time listening to Twilight Nine, if you are a uh, have been a fan for a while and been listening since week one, Roy, Ra- Roy McIlroy is my guy. I've been a fan since he was Jeremiah hat, curly hair, poking out of it, kind of tubby dude. And he just won for the 20th time on the PGA Tour, solidifying himself as a uh, lifetime member of the PGA Tour. He will not need to, you know, finish in the top five of a major to get into it anymore, even though he's won every major except the Masters. So that really doesn't usually matter. But. He's officially a member of the PGA Tour for life. 20th win. Came over Colin Morikawa, who came out of nowhere. We'll talk all about the CJ Cup. It was good to see Ricky Fowler back up there. But after a little bit of a journey over the last couple months, Roy McIlroy gets his second win since May. And it is pretty funny. Um, Porter from CBS Golf tweeted out, he Roy McIlroy had more wins in a down year than Dustin Johnson, Xander Shoffley, Jordan Spieth and and somebody else combined. And it is pretty funny. It is Rory's one of those guys that for some reason, and I think it's just because obviously the major drought and all that kind of stuff. But for some reason, when Rory isn't playing well, it's noticed more than when like DJ isn't playing well or Justin Thomas isn't playing well or Xander Shoffley isn't playing well. And I get that. All those guys haven't won as many majors as Roy McIlroy. They were not never supposed to be like the next golf messiah like Roy McIlroy was supposed to be. But it's it, people don't really talk about that DJ hasn't won anything or really hasn't even like done really anything, right? I mean, he just had a huge Ryder Cup, but he really hasn't done anything. Same with Justin Thomas. He won the players, but really, you know, hasn't played great since. Xander hasn't won in years. Jordan Spieth won one event, and it was, uh, I mean, granted, it was huge for him because he hasn't won. He hadn't won in like four years. But it was a smaller event, right? He was going toe-to-toe with Charlie Hoffman, right, and Matt Wallace. So it's not like a huge win. But it's noticed more with Rory, and it's get it. But that's my guy, and he won, so that's fucking awesome. It took some, he made the winning putt uh, about 10 minutes after the Patriots lost in overtime to the Cowboys, so that, you know, made the day a little bit better, but we're going to talk about the CJ cup. We're going to get into a little bit. Uh, We're getting in into the TV coverage because no one loves not showing their sport more than golf channel loves not showing golf or loves CBS loves not showing golf or NBC loves not showing golf. It's fucking insane that they get away with that. And it's just like normal. So we're going to get into the TV coverage. It was absolutely just, it was, it was like, I don't want to say like the end of the line because who are they going to listen to fucking people on the internet and change how they cover golf. But we've seen it for years, how bad they are at covering golf. And this was kind of just like the, the (laughs) mountaintop of it. Like, holy shit, they really don't care about showing the PGA tour, but I digress. We're also going to go over the Zozo Championship. Um, In 2019, we're back at that golf course, um, Accordia Golf Narashino Country Club. Um, 
where Tiger won his 82nd golf tournament on the PGA Tour. We're back at that golf course. We're back in Japan, which is pretty awesome. Obviously, the Zozo was in Vegas last year, actually. Patrick Cantlay won. But finally back over to Japan. The bummer is the field is not nearly as good. Last time around when we were over in Japan, obviously Tiger won. Hideki was over there. Rory was over there. Xander Shoffley was over there. Um, I think Justin Thomas played. Like the field was much better. This week is totally different. It's just not as good. There's a couple big names. Colin Morikawa, Xander Shoffley are over there. Obviously Hideki. But once you get out of those three, it is a tough field. I don't, especially with the time change, not 100% sure I'm going to watch a whole bunch of this golf tournament. And honestly, it's pretty much just because of the timing. It's a pain in the ass to watch golf over there, staying up until, I mean, just look at the Olympics. It was just in, in Japan. Staying up until 6 o'clock in the morning watching golf is tough to do. So I'll, be, I'll probably be a highlight guy this week. Um, I might have got out of my way a little bit if, if the field was a little bit better. But yeah, the field's weak. Like Xander, Colin Morikawa, Hideki, Will Zalatoris. And then you get to guys like Tommy Fleetwood. Jonathan Vegas is the seventh betting favorite. When you get to that point, you know it's struggling. But we're going to go over the Zozo Championship, whatever. But first, let's get the CJ Cup out of the way. Like I said, Roy McIlroy, 20th win on the PGA Tour. Won the Wells Fargo Championship for the 10th time back in May. Adds another one this week in Vegas. Bogey-free 62 in the third round, kind of vault him up the leaderboard, entered the final round two back. Obviously, that was helped a little bit by Keith Mitchell, who shit down his pants during that third round. I think he made a couple birdies early, and he was like, wow, really extending his lead. I think he was maybe even six up at one point. I know he was five up. Might have even reached six. And then he made double on consecutive holes, finding the desert, can't get out of it, missing putts. It was it was a, tough to watch, although I was fine with it because that meant that Roy McIlroy just kept climbing up the leaderboard, getting closer and closer to the lead until I think Mitchell came all the way back down to 17 where he met kind of everybody else. But that's 62, bogey-free 10 under, that will get you in the golf tournament. And then yesterday wins you the golf tournament, right? You're two, you're two back to Ricky Fowler. Ricky obviously couldn't get anything going. I think he made birdie at one, birdie on three on the par five. And then... Yeah, and then struggled a little bit, right? He made double with a three-putt and then really couldn't get anything going. Shot a 71, but Roy McIlroy did exactly what he needed to. He was nails yesterday, shot six under, kind of put the driver in the bag, which was a little bit surprising. Obviously, anybody that knows golf, anybody that knows the PGA Tour knows when Roy McIlroy is driving the ball well, he's almost impossible to beat. But at elevation, he was hitting really good numbers with his three-wood. I mean, he was approaching 180 ball speed with a three-wood with 305 carries. Like, that's some people would driver. So when you can take driver out of your hands, put in three-wood, and use it as an absolute weapon where you can find more fairways and just pretty much drive it the same as everybody else hits it with driver, that is a gigantic advantage. And that's what he did all day yesterday, or Sunday, all day. Nails, six under. One shot win over, um, one shot win over Colin Morikawa who was a member at that golf course. We talked about that last week on the show. Had a leg up on that field. There's absolutely no doubt about it. Throughout the course of the week, he played okay, but then goes out and shoots 62 in the final round to just jump up to the top of the leaderboard. And then Rory had to make bogeys on the the, uh, home stretch to beat Colin because Colin did the damn thing on Sunday and it was awesome to watch. And his post-round, Rory's post-round interview gave a lot to what has been happening right in 
he explained over the last couple months, last several months, he's been trying to be somebody else while trying to be better at golf, right? He's trying to get longer. He's chasing Bryson. He added a different coach. He was, he was trying to be somebody that he's not, right? He was working on a cut. He was trying to, you know, neutral out his swing plane. And during his, during his press or not even, I don't even think it was his press conference. I think it, it was literally just like his interview right on the green after he won. He said, I realized if I'm just myself, that's enough. And I, that is, so, that is such a good quote. I mean, it's not cocky. He didn't say it in a cocky way, but that's literally just like, if I'm Rory McIlroy, I'm just better than everybody else. I can beat anybody if I'm just Rory McIlroy and play my golf, which that's, that's my fucking boy right there. That's what it should be. And then he dove into it a little bit. I don't know if this was during his press conference after, or if it was just with an interview with one of the guys, but he told a story about the Ryder Cup where he said Saturday after the Ryder Cup, after going 0-3, which Roy McIlroy doesn't do that at the Ryder Cup, right? I think he's like all-time now after that week, like right around 500 as a Ryder Cup, or like that's pretty bad. He lost for the first time twice in one day in his Ryder Cup career on that Friday, gets benched in the morning on Saturday, goes out and loses again Saturday afternoon, and I guess in his hotel or wherever they were staying, he was like, after tomorrow, I don't want to touch golf clubs. I don't want to see the sport of golf until 2022, which I get. I know he had a couple. He had a good start at the BMW Championship. I think he had a tied for fifth. He won back in May. He had a T14, I believe, at the Tour Championship. But again, like nothing was crazy good. Like after the Wells Fargo Championship, he didn't really get that close to winning. Obviously, in the top five, you're close to the BMW Championship. But Colin Moore, I mean, Patrick Cantlay and Bryson DeChambeau pulled away in that golf tournament. So he just, you know what, put the clubs away. I don't even want to think about this sport until 2022. And then he goes out on Sunday and quote unquote finds something just like every amateur golfer has ever done. I said that to myself at the range the other day. I'm like, oh, I'm fucking back. My golf swing is back. I'm feeling good. I went to the range yesterday. Nice fall day in New England, right? 55 degrees, had the hoodie on, the best conditions to go to the range. I legitimately had the case of the shanks. Like, I'm not talking like, oh, every once in a while I'll shank the golf ball. I shanked 17 straight shots, straight swings, and I left half a bucket in the thing, and I was like, you know what? I'm done. I shanked 17 balls in a row. Not good. Golf is fucking stupid. We've all said I'm back on the golf course. Like, you make one par on, like, the opening hole, and you're like, oh, my God, I'm back, and then you bogey the, the next, like, four or five holes. That's every amateur golfer ever. So we've all had this, oh my God, I'm, I'm about to put it together moment on Sunday. And that was what Rory went through on Sunday when he pretty much beat down Xander Shoffley in the in Sunday singles. Like it wasn't like super like an ass kicking. I think he ended up winning like three and two, but he was up two, three within the first like two or three holes. Like he was, he was beating Xander Shoffley. And after that, I guess he was like, you know what? Let me make a little bit of a schedule change. Let's go to Vegas. Let's go to the CJ Cup. Pretty damn good field. And let's see if we can build on that momentum and see if the game back, whatever, whatever. Change the mindset a little bit. And then you win. And that kind of solidifies, shit, I might be back. I may have found something. That's the best thing that could have happened. Right. If you go to CJ Cup after after having a epiphany about your game right at the Ryder Cup and then you come in like a T thirty five, you're gonna be like, Oh shit, fuck that. I, I'll see you guys in 
uh, I don't even know this Florida swing. Oh, oh no, he TOC. He plays for the he plays in the TOC, obviously winning at the um, Wells Fargo Championship. So he'll be in Hawaii maybe for a week, and then who knows when we'll see him next. And then you win, and it kind of changes everything. And then I guess as of the Ryder Cup, I believe he is primarily and only working with. So not primarily, only working with his old coach, Banton, Bandon, Banton. So, which a little bit surprising. You go to Pete Cohen, and then your your wedge game definitely improved, right? His wedges definitely improved. Um, he was able to hit a cut. His swing path kind of neutralized out a little bit instead of being in that push draw slot, which he was back to this week. Which that's when Roy McIlroy plays his best golf when it's come from it a little bit to the inside. He swings to out, and that's when you get that push draw, and that's when Roy plays his best golf. But he's back working with his old coach that he grew up with since he was like two or whatever. He's back with that guy. And I think that's what just Rory has to go back to. And obviously he has. He just needs to be Rory McIlroy. And that's it's funny because it seemed like everybody in the world realized what Rory needed to do. Media, fans, people that cover the sport for their life, like me, a, long, uh, a career fan of Rory McIlroy, someone who works in golf media now. Everyone knew that if Rory McIlroy is Rory McIlroy... He's going to win golf tournaments. He's going to win majors. But for the last couple of years, he's been wanting to be somebody else while trying to improve his game. Just be Rory fucking McIlroy. It's all you got to do. And it helps when you lead the field in strokes game putting. You know, he's only done that twice in his career. Once was last week at the CJ Cup. He wins. The other time was back in, what, 20, what was that, 2018 at the Arnold Palmer, right? 2018, 2017. 2018, whatever year that was when he won, there you go. He won again. So if he putts well, there it is. But yeah, Roy McIlroy, it's great to see my guy win. Um, took some took some pain out of that Patriots loss. Uh, I won't get into it. I don't want to bar, bar, you know, bore you guys with my Patriots takes, but holy fuck, Bill, open it up. Let the kid cook. Anyway, it was really good to see uh, Ricky Fowler back playing well. That was awesome. He had a two-shot lead going into the final round. Just could not get anything going on the greens. Couldn't really get anything going in general. He had a couple good iron shots coming down the stretch. But again, the putter the putter was ice cold. Needs to put together a few really good starts in the coming months. right? He's not in anything. I don't think he's not in the Masters. He's not in the Players, which he's a past champion. What was that, 2015 he won the Players? He's not even in the Players Championship as of right now. I think he needs to win before that. Like he needs to put together a few months where he'll probably play in a lot of tournaments in this swing season, right? The fields aren't as good. He'll be one of the bigger names in this field. He's obviously playing better, right? He knew that this was coming. He gave a great interview with Golf Week last week talking about games coming around, perspective with the baby coming up, all that. Love that perspective. Everybody loves same perspective, but it's true. Games coming around, it's in good shape, whatever. This is where you can kind of take advantage of the schedule and say, hey, I'm the biggest and probably most talented name at this field. Let me go here and see if I can kind of beat a, a, a smaller, weaker, not smaller, but weaker field. So we'll see. He needs a win to get into a bunch of stuff. So hopefully Ricky can come out here in the next couple of months and get a win at one of these smaller events. We'll see what happens. TV coverage wise. Something... It's been like a good joke in the golf world for a while now that's that golf coverage is really bad and something needs to be done about it. This was as I don't usually get like angry and I guess I only probably got upset because it was Rory, right? I probably wouldn't have cared if it was anybody else, but it is ridiculous how they covered this golf tournament. 
not only did the PGA Tour Live cover it for Thursday and Friday, they didn't do it for Saturday and Sunday. So no morning coverage, right? You have nobody going out in the morning wave, which I, I maybe something happened. I have no idea what the circumstance of that was, but it's ridiculous that they, especially for the people that pay, aka me, that monthly or yearly, whatever, to get that access to a PGA Tour event in the morning, it's fucking insane that they didn't do that. Whatever. And then you get to the media coverage where I was just typing up the 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 cookie cutter TV times, tea times articles for Golf Week this week. And I noticed that Saturday and Sunday were five to eight. I'm like, there's no way that's right. And then we get to Sunday afternoon and it's at five o'clock with Roy McIlroy, Ricky Fowler, and Colin Morikawa three of the biggest names in the sport of golf at the top of the leaderboard on a Sunday afternoon as Las Vegas in a loaded field. I had to watch Bird Harn Langer and Phil fucking dump in my pants, walk around the senior tour in Pampers because we didn't want to put on the PGA tour. And not only did it not stop at five o'clock, they continued to show the PGA tour champions league on Golf Channel going towards 5.30 and saying, oh, don't worry, we'll put the CJ Cup online. And then when this playoff is over, that literally maybe 17 people nationwide give a fuck about. And that's like the the guy's wives that aren't there in person watching on TV. We'll put it online, the CJ Cup. You go stream the, you go to Golf Channel to stream the CJ Cup. It just says coverage will start shortly. No one had eyes on that golf tournament in the, until they turned it over. I don't even remember what time they officially turned it over. And it was funny because they turned it over for five minutes and then realized that the senior event was going into the playoff, and they switched back to the senior event. And then at one point, they double-screened it. No one gives a fuck about the senior tour. Shout out to the old guys still doing their goddamn thing. Who gives a fuck? I don't care about that. And maybe I care. I don't care a little bit more just because it was like Roy McIlroy. Obviously, I'm a fan. I want to watch Roy win. But it is fucking insane that they were putting that thing on TV instead of the PGA Tour at a loaded field in Vegas in Calmar Cow, Ricky Fowler, and Roy McIlroy at the top of the leaderboard. I get that if it was like Robert Streb, Keith Mitchell, and some of the other guys, if they were like winning, I get it. Whatever. Who cares? But man, three of the biggest names, and you want to grow the game. That's like their slogan on the PGA Tour is grow the game. Put it on fucking TV. How are people going to know if they like golf, watching the biggest names in golf, if they can't fucking watch it? It's ridiculous. Nobody loves not putting golf on TV more than Golf Channel loves not putting golf on TV. It's insane. Five to eight. In a final round on Sunday and Saturday is a joke. The the final three hours of coverage. Great. We get to watch the back nine. Crazy. But that's enough for the CJ Cup. Fucking Golf Channel, CBS, NBC. Fuck. Just put it online. Who cares? And that's what that, that final point on this. The worst part is they had cameras. They were posting highlights of videos of the final round on Twitter. Just put them online. Don't put it. Don't even pay an announcer. Just do a live stream. Like, it's so many easy things. They're like, oh, we don't, pay, we don't pay these guys to fucking do Just put it on a live stream. Like, it's not, I don't get it. It's not that fucking hard. Jesus. Anyway, Zozo Championship. The golf course. Accordia Golf, Navarino Country Club, par 70, 7,041 yards. I honestly think I nailed that. I think I did. 
I think I nailed that pronunciation. Shout out me. That's crazy. Um, let me look up. I got to look up this weather for you guys. We'll see. Um, it looks pretty cloudy, honestly. Uh, Thursday, 63, partly cloudy. Uh, Friday, cloudy, 61 degrees. Saturday, uh, partly cloudy, 64 degrees. And uh, Sunday, 64, partly cloudy. Doesn't look like a bunch of rain, to be honest. Looks like pretty much right around 30% all four days. So it should be pretty good golf weather. Um, the wind doesn't look to get above 10 miles an hour, at least the first couple days. So should be pretty good scoring condition, conditions actually for the week. And I actually like that kind of golf. Where it's not the sunshine, you can see the ball a little bit better. Depth perception's a little bit better. 65 degrees, that's what I'm talking about. You'll probably see some crew necks early in the morning. The best golf of all time. I'm going to the range after this because I'm off work today go to the range after this got a hoodie on already shout out the new twilight nine hoodie i designed and order if you want one dm me on instagram i'll get you one anyway gonna go to the range that's the best kind of golf whatever so if i do watch it it's gonna be nice key stats so data golf this is interesting so this is, was a little bit surprising when i was reading it for a par 70 golf course that's seven thousand just barely over seven thousand yards data golf actually has driving distance as the most important stat this week a little surprising. I like I, again, par seventy, just over seven thousand yards. That's a short track. I mean, I guess you could just bomb it all over the place and then have like sixty yards into every green. I guess that would be an advantage, but it doesn't make a bunch of sense. Um, stroke scene approach was the second most important thing, so that's what we could be looking at. But an interesting stat that I want to share and what you should look at while placing your bets this week is par three scoring average. So I know it's a little bit tricky just because there are only a couple starts into the season. Just go back to last season and look at it. You can probably see a little bit trending. But this golf course has five par threes on it. Five par threes, three par fives. Almost a third of the holes at this golf course are par threes. Playing those well is going to be critical, right? You, If you just look at the top of the leaderboard from the last time they were at this golf course, Tiger Woods, one of the best iron players, if not the best iron player of all time, and Hideki Matsuyama, one of the best ball strikers on the planet. Those two were the top two finishers at that. And Rory McIlroy is in the top five, like these guys that are strike the fuck out of the golf ball. They play part threes well. There are five of them around this place. They're just going to be really, really important. Obviously, strokes can approach ranks and will play a role in that as well. Obviously, we're looking at good iron players, but I thought that's interesting. So take a look at part three scoring average before placing the bets this week. Data golf information. Um, TPC Harding Park, I'm not going to lie to you. Out of the top three courses, I did not know the first one. I have no idea where that golf course is, whatever. But TPC Harding Park, 2020 PGA Championship home, and Country Club of Jackson are both in the top three. So familiar with those golf courses a little bit. Trending, number one, players in the field. Wills out, horses, number one. T11, T14, miscut. Harry Higgs is number two, miscut T27, T9, trending very much in the right direction. And Alex Noren is number three, T27, T12, and T59. Percent chance to win, Xander Shoffley has a 10% chance to win. Colin Morikawa has a 5.9% chance to win. And Will Zawatoris has a 5.6% chance to win. That comes as no surprise. Those are three of the best iron players on the planet. There you go. Betting odds presented by Typico Sportsbook. Go to golfweek.com USA Today. Typico's all over that bitch. Take a look at it. Take a look at their odds. Betting favorite, Xander Shoffley, 
plus 650. Kyle Morikawa plus 700. Hideki Matsuyama plus 1200. Will Zalatoris plus 15. Tommy Fleetwood is plus 2000. Joaquin Neiman is plus 2000. Johnny Vegas is plus 3000. Alex Dorn's plus 3000. So is Ricky. So is Cameron Chingali. So is Maverick McNeely. Then you get to Charlie Hoffman at four. Uh, Cheng Sung Pan is at four. Emiliano Grillo is at four. Keegan Bradley's at four. Siwoo Kim's at four. Eric Van Royen's at four. So you go down. So as you can see, once you get past the first four or three names, three to five names, it gets weak pretty damn quick. So that's a little bit of a bummer. Some of the guys that we're going to be watching this week, um, we kind of hit the nail right on the head last week. We had Victor Hovland as one of the guys. He came in the top 20. I actually bet on Victor to win last week. Um, if you guys want to get a little insight, and I'll give you a hint when I don't bet on Rory McIlroy to win a golf tournament. As you guys know, I bet him all the time. You know, half a unit, whatever. The last two times that I did not bet on Roy McIlroy to win a golf tournament, the CJ Cup and the Wells Fargo Championship. So take as that as you will. Um, but as I was saying, we kind of nailed it right on the head last week. Three of our players to watch were Victor Hovland, top 20, Roy McIlroy, won it, Colin Morikawa, solo second. So we'll take that. I don't even know who else we had, but I will take that. I will take that. So we're going to start right back with Colin Morikawa this week. I know Data Golf likes driving distance this week. I That doesn't make much sense to me. And obviously, Colin Morikawa can make up with that with his iron play. And with five par threes, that's an advantage for Colin. It just is. Last season, he was 33rd in par three scoring average. He's coming off a solo second at the Summit Club. Not a surprise that he's one of the betting favorites this week. He's one of the biggest names in the field. Again, just not a lot of value here. I don't know if I would bet on him to win. But Colin Morikawa top 10 is probably like a lock. So if you guys can get somewhere right around even money, maybe like plus 120 for Colin to come in the top 10, I would bet that. He's going to be a popular pick. Moving on to the next guy. He's going to be a popular pick this week just because he's really training in the right direction. Miscut T27, T9. But Harry Higgs is playing some really good golf right now, especially in this field, in a weaker field. That plays to his advantage a little bit. Opened the season with a miscut, like I just said, at the Fortinet Championship, T27, T9. Since then, he was 35th, or he is 35th in par 3 scoring average this season on tour. He's averaging 302 off the tee, which is good enough around a 7,000-yard golf course. So, we'll see. We'll see. He's just playing really good golf. It's hard to ignore that. He's electric. He's fun to watch. He's got no buttons on his shirt. Chest hairs peeking out of everywhere. Love that. Vibing. Sunglasses. Love everything about Harry Higgs. We'll see if he can put it together for his first tour win uh, this week. I mentioned his name already when we were going over betting odds. Emiliano Grillo was a top 20 finish at the CJ Cup last week back in 2019. At this golf course, he finished T30. He hasn't won on tour since 2016. He is overdue. Very talented player. He's played par threes under par this season on tour in his four starts, so we'd like to see that. Averaging 310 this season off the tee, like to see that as well. In a weaker field, could see him rise to the top a little bit. Again, he's in that plus 4,000, plus 5,000 range to win. I already forget what he is. Uh, da, 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 plus four. So I like that. And he's a good iron player. He's just one of those guys that's like really consistent. He usually pops up on a golf course where you just need to be consistent and make some putts. Griot could do that. A uh, name that you guys have never heard me spew out of my mouth before, Adam Shank. 
He's coming off a T3 finish at the Shriners. That was his last start. He played well here in 2019. He finished T22, averaging nearly 312 off the tee this season, which we like. He's inside the top 20 this season in strokes and approach. Another thing that we like to see, plus 5,000 to win. So even in a really weak field, we can probably get Shank for like, I don't even know if that's how you pronounce her name. So if you are a Shank fan out there and I'm pronouncing that wrong, tell me. Anyway, plus 5,000 to win, I believe, on Tipico. Let me take another look. Let me pull it up. Uh, plus 6,000 on Tipico. So shout out. We're going to even get a better odds. So plus 6,000, we're going to be able to get plus odds for him for a top 30 finish. Um, maybe even right around even money for a top 40. Probably going to take that for the week. Um, coming off a good start. Top five. Had a top 25 here last time and back in 2019. We like that. And then the last guy, just because... Just for the storyline, just because he is the betting favorite, so it's hard not to mention him, you're probably going to have to take a top five for Xander this week if you want anything close to plus money. Um, He hasn't won on tour in a while. How long is a while? Ricky Fowler has a more recent win on the PGA Tour than Xander Shoffley does. Crazy. I mean, I know he just came off a Olympic gold win, but on the PGA Tour in a very talented field because the Olympics, right, once you get out of the top 10 or 15 guys, there's not that many dudes in there. Just look at Rory Sabatini taking home the silver medal and C.T. Pan taking home the bronze medal. He hasn't done much. And I know he has a bunch of top fives in, in major championships, top tens in major championship. I mention him all the time because I like Xander. He's like a money machine when it comes to top 20s. He's got to win at some point, and he hasn't won more recently than Ricky Fowler has. That's tough. He did just have a huge week at the Ryder Cup and a pretty decent finish at the CJ Cup. So his game seems to be in a good spot. He's returning to Japan for the first time since winning the Olympic gold, which maybe he starts vibing off that a little bit. He finished T10 at this event back in 2019. Uh, CJ Cup was actually his season debut. He came in the top 20, T19. Obviously has good length off the tee. Um, averages 322 at the CJ Cup. That, Granted, that is at elevation a little bit, but again, doesn't lack distance. Great iron player. And when his putter is going, his putter gets really, really hot. So I'm not worried about Xander this week. I think he'll be right up in the mix. And that pretty much just comes down to him being one of the more talented guys in the field, right? It's hard to ignore just like the talent discrepancy from the top of these guys, the three or four betting favorites, and then the rest of the field. I mean, it's huge. Um, Another name to look at, Keegan Bradley. He had a good, he had a good run here back in 2019. Um, Hideki, obviously he's one of the betting favorites. He was solo second the last time around. Um, I don't know actually what he did at the CJ Cup. Let me look that up real quick. If you just search Hideki on Google, not Hideki Matsuyama, let me tell you. Oh, he actually didn't play that great at the CJ Cup. T59 out of what, 70 guys, so whatever. But, I mean, obviously, he's the uh, he's the hero over there. Masters champion now going back to Japan to play in the to play in the Zozo going to be a special week for him. He almost won it last time around. Ended up losing by three shots, but Tiger kind of went unconscious there at the end. But we'll see if Hideki can put it together. But I think that's it for the show this week, folks. I think that is it. Um, social media wise, at Twilight Nine Pod on Instagram, at Riley Hamill underscore on Instagram. Um, DM me obviously any questions or whatever. Um, my new email. If you guys want to email me questions for the show or questions, just in whatever um our hamill at golfweek.com is my new email so send it there if you guys are interested in getting into contact um and all that good stuff but yeah if you're staying up late this week god bless you um 
and watching the Zozo Championship. God bless you. Let me know how. <laughs> let me know how it is. I definitely won't be watching Saturday night. Um, I got to get up early. I'm going to the Pats Jets game Sunday at one o'clock. Tailgating on morning. Morning. Which should be fun. Hopefully they fucking win at home. Their own Ford home. Unbelievable. But that's it, guys. Um, enjoy the golf this weekend, and I will be back next week to recap the Zozo. 